Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Community Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Kova. And I'm Kikita Kaori. We have news this week. We have Gen Con news because Gen Con just happened, all virtually and online and all that kind of good stuff. We also have a new fiction called Duty's Cost, which is a story result fiction. And we are going to have a look at what kind of rock gun do you want? Do you want a nice rock gun or a not so nice rock gun? Yeah. Shall we start off with some Gen Con news? Yeah. I did go Mm. to virtual Gen Con, as I suppose could anybody. I went to Mm. lots of seminars on Japanese folklore and history so that was pretty cool i managed to miss the japanese folklore one i don't know how i completely failed to see that it existed yeah i had a conflicting meeting through the middle of that one so that was difficult but anyway we do have some various pieces of news in the various in-flight reports Mm. that they gave right now celestial realms which is the phoenix book and its corresponding adventure wheel of judgment are still on track to be released August 28th, so that is coming. Ooh. Yeah, it's not that far away at all now. And obviously we'll be closer by the time you're actually listening to this. Good. There was an interview with David Annadale, author of Curse of Honor. These novels are going to be part of a connected universe, but they're not necessarily going to be plugged in directly to the main LCG canon or the RPG canon. They're in the same world, but far enough away that they're not going to affect each other. Yeah, we asked all kinds of questions, and if you're interested in the book, Mm. definitely check that out. But that was one that was related to the broader L5R lore. Edge Studio, which is the RPG shop that is taking over from Fantasy Fight Games for the L5R RPG and many others. Mm -hmm. They confirmed that Writ of the Wild will be their first book with them. Sam Stewart, who was of FFG in a lead role on their RPG line is now the RPG manager at Edge. So it's basically the same guy creating RPGs for Edge as was for FFG. Yeah. Edge's focus appears to be on making beautiful, well-designed products, which I think that's something to look forward to. FFG's Legend of the Five Rings products have been very lovely. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a trend we would like to see continue. Yep, Fields of Victory and Blood of the Lioness was announced by FFG in its in-flight report as being their last book. Mm-hmm. They're going to be continuing with the same pattern of a kind of combined setting, theme, clan, minor clan yeah. book for each of the clans. So they're going to finish that and do that through at least all the clans. Yeah. The next one after Fields of Victory is going to be Writ of the Wilds. And that's going to be Dragon Clan, Monks, Monasteries, Wild Places, and the Dragonfly Minor Clan. One thing that might be altering is whether or not the accompanying adventure that we've had up to this point with all these clan books, if that's going to be physical or digital. It's a new situation, so they may have to to change what happens there. So that's not fully decided yet. But Richard the Wilds will have the same lead developer as Path of Waves did. So that's cool. Yeah. A lot of continuity, which I think is what a lot of people were worried about when they heard that FFG was 
shutting down its RPG arm entirely. People were wondering what was going to happen. What are the products going to be like? Is there going to be continuity? Is it going to feel like the same game? And I, I think we're getting a lot of indication that it should do, which that makes me a lot happier, I have to say. Uh, they did have a Q&A section for this thing, and so they had a whole bunch of random little questions that people asked, so we can have some answers yep. on that. And we cherry-picked the ones that are L5R specific. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's unlikely to be a Foundry-type thing or public source for Legend of the Five Rings, which they have for Genesis at the mm -hmm. moment, which is their universal system. If something happened like that, it would probably be its own separate thing as opposed to being a Foundry add-on because that's so very tightly connected with Genesis. They're not saying never, ever, but there are currently no plans right now. And for those people who haven't been able to get their hands on Path of Waves or other older books in the L5R line, they are planning to still keep printing all those older books, even though it's gone mm. over to the new press. But the pandemic has caused delays in printing. They are going to finish up the last few clan books. So they're going to continue with that format and that pattern. But once all that is done, who knows? They may look into different products from there on in, and that could be any number of things, but that's all in the future. So that might yeah. be something to look forward to. And Edge also confirmed that they are going to continue FFG's work with cultural sensitivity readers and editors for the new books. They're in the process of hiring those people now, so that's good. Yep. They're still working on how... Interaction is going to work between Edge and the player base and the RPG fans. There will be a full website in the next couple of months, which is still up in the air a bit, but there will be interaction with the fan communities, Discord, Facebook, Reddit, and so on. They love us. They really love us. They worked mm -hmm. hard to make us know. They said yeah. that digital prints, PDF versions of the books will continue through drive through RPG, but in terms of how much space there will be between the release of it physically and the release of a PDF, or if they'll ever bundle the two, they just couldn't speak to that at the time. And finally, from that particular interview, there are translations set up because they already are working with America, France, and Spain. So there's going to be English, French, and Spanish translations of the various L5R products. For other languages, they're going to be working with other partners in Asmodee as they begin to work on the workflow and the procedures. They're going to have more information about what's happening when. Absolutely. That was the biggest part of the Gen Con mm -hmm. news. We did have a couple little odds and ends in the in-flight report. We saw a card that is of quite a bit of interest to RPG fans mm. in that it was a card with the title, The Scorpion Clan Coup. So even if we're getting a more subtle coup yeah. than in old 5R, I think we can give it an official coup-like title. <laughs> so I guess we'll see how that pans out in the end. It's a coup. It's now officially a coup. Uh, so the next thing we need to talk about is The Fields of Victory, which is the last book put together by FFG, but is now going to be published through Edge. This is a source book similar to Shadowlands and Courts of Stone. The focus is going to be on the Lion Clan, mass battles, history, libraries and academies, and warfare. 
They also have mention of logistics, travel, farming, and Imperial Legions, which all sounds like fantastic stuff for most games. Yeah, bucket loads of new stuff. In Mm. addition to all of that, the minor clan featured is the Badger clan. So we will find out more about what the Badger does. But what little we have is how the Badger guards the northern border of Rokugan, which is similar to what they did in Old Star. Except there it was an offshoot of the crab, I believe. So we'll see if it's got a link to the lion this time or not. Uh, There's ten new schools. So some for everybody. That's a lot of schools. Mm. And a mix of new titles and new techniques and new weapons. So... Good stuff all around. A wacky shinobiness. We'll see how the weapon table interacts with all the other weapons we've got so far, because there's been some interesting variation (laughs) in numbers. We also get information about the environment, how to raise, equip, and train an army, and how to create battle scenarios. War is a big part of the Rokugan setting, and having ways in which your characters can interact with that, even if they aren't necessarily part of the military, I think is a very important part of making a Rokugan game. So I I really am looking forward to seeing some interesting things from that. Yeah, I'm hoping that we see something. I have a few beefs with the mass battle system as presented so Mm. far. I've been holding back some of my thoughts on it because I've been waiting for a book like this to come around where they yeah, go yeah. into more depth. They do focus a lot on if your PCs are in command of the battle. Exactly. That's a very narrow case considering not too many people end up in command of battles as opposed to just stuck in the middle of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. What I would personally hope for is some methods where you can run everything from the player characters are caught up in a battle over which they have very little control except what happens to them personally to you are commanding a squad or a unit and every player character has one of those and it's a skirmish only the minis aren't individual people they're whole units all the way up to Mm -hmm. you are in fact the general and you are commanding the battle that gives everyone Mm -hmm. A lot of options, depending on what level the characters are and what their interests are, so everyone can get involved and not feel out of place. Let's hope. There's Uh, also an RPG adventure module that goes along with this called Blood of the Lioness. This is one of your standard 32-page adventure booklets with a double-sided map and lovely tokens to use. mm. My guess is that the map is the Akoto War Academy at the Castle of the Swiss Sword, yeah. and potentially the Battle of Snowplane, which is the other big setting for this. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for a lot to do with academies and dojos, maybe from a variety of the clans, because yeah. it's not something that's been explored a lot before. The goal of the module is you're trying to prevent a war with Scorpion and Unicorn over the rights to a diamond mine. So- We've also had some new fiction, which is Duty's Cost by Robert Denton. This is the result of the vote by the Hatamoto for what does Kuni Yuri do now that it's been established that he has become tainted. This is clearly the path of courage where Kuni Yuri continues his work in the Shadowlands and his Sawa Tadaka stays with him to make sure that he doesn't go horribly wrong. A tainted Kuni Daimyo is not a thing you want. 
this must have been written really soon, possibly even at the same time as the original story, Beneath the Light of Jade. A quick summary. Discovering that he's tainted, Kuniyora gives Tadaka his wakazashi and the option whether or not to kill him right then and there for being tainted. Isawa Tadaka chooses to leave him alive, deciding that he will stay to learn all he can from Yori, and then end his life himself, as Yori asks him to do, once he's learned enough, or if he feels that Yori is about to go off the deep end. And Asako Tsuki and Spike are going to be going along with them for fun Shadowlands adventures. And if Somehow those that, three words don't belong in the same sentence. They they really don't. But this is one way of putting together a PC group, I suppose. It's a bit Shikenja heavy. Basically, poor, <laughs> poor old Spike has to do all the, the DPS and tanking. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Though, Cooney, they get their Kata, so... That's I mean, true. That's true. A little bit. Yeah, so clearly Yuri is off tank. <laughs> Tyler said it was really close vote that the difference between the two paths in the end was only like three votes wow. nobody got blown out one way or another this had just a few Lord Nuggets, yep. this was a pretty short story just because it's the end of the previous story mm. we are in Kuniyori's thoughts for this story yeah. where he's looking at Asawa Tadaka and says, I, I'm so proud of you, my baby's all grown up, and allowing tainted things to live so that we can study them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is true that most Kuni Daimyo do end up tainted. Mm. That wasn't just something he made up to make Tadaka feel good. He has this philosophy that if you don't end up tainted, you're just not trying hard enough yeah. to fight against the Shadowlands. Which he also thinks that Tadaka, being a phoenix, is obviously far too weak and wimpy to do the proper thing, which makes me think he has forgotten what happened to the snake clan. But never mind. We also learn that Jade literally burns you if you are tainted. He talks about how the taint snuck up so quietly on him that he didn't even notice. Mm. So if it's something that the Kuni Daimyo cannot notice on himself... It's going to take some observation of yourself Absolutely. to know that it's happening. Yeah. You're a PC getting this. Yeah. It's black stripes yes. on your character sheet. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a little insidious, quite clearly. Kuniyori claims that the proper response to a tainted person is to take their head. It's an interesting question when he says tainted. Does he mean in the RPG sense, like you have got the taint disadvantage for one ring? Or is it when you have multiple rings, what exactly does he mean by that in terms of your game? <laughs> but of course, don't take his head because there's so much more to learn. So of course, the key thing when dealing with tainted things in the Shadowlands, yep. or if you're in the Shadowlands at all, is you really want to have an Izumi there. Yes. Izumi will tell you what is tainted and what it's not. They can detect a blood speaker. They can find you everything you need. If you have an Izumi in your party and you're in the Shadowlands, you are golden. So, they And they have a tendency to crawl into your backpack. And you end up with one, and you watch them play, and they will leave space, So, <laughs> Yes, depending on which adventure you're playing. So, so that's all of our news for yep. this week. One of the things that came up in discussion, mm. over a number of settings, we got this from Facebook, and it came up in Discord yeah. as well during the past week, is how 
bad is Rokugan? Yeah. In terms of how do we look at it? It's not a dystopia versus utopia axis. Like mm. dystopia means you go around and everything is horrible and people are horrible and your life is probably set by systematic oppression across all levels of society, but especially the lower classes. It's just miserable. Or, of course, you could play it purely utopian. Everyone gets along. Everyone is happy in their roles. It's only you know a handful of uh, villains that are yeah. disrupting the harmony of the em- yeah. empire. And anywhere in between. So what is it for Rokugan? Yeah. We thought we'd talk about that a little bit. <laughs> and I think this is one of the dials that you can set around your table and for a particular game. That depends on a bunch of factors. One of which... Do you want your characters to be actively part of a really horrible totalitarian setting? Because if you're playing Great Clan Samurai, then you are part of what makes that setting the way it is. And part of your job is to keep it that way. So mm-hmm. how bad do you want this society that your particular characters are propping up? How bad do you want that to be? And that can make people really uncomfortable. It really can. On the other hand, if you are playing marginalized people like Ronin and Gaijin, if you're playing a Path of Waves campaign, you may want the core society to be somewhat awful because your characters can be fighting against that and dealing with the Mm -hmm. fallout of this terrible society. You have the opportunity to then fix things or help people or fight back. I am reminded Mm -hmm. of the anime Dororo, especially the 2019 version, where the samurai in it are awful. They are terrible people. They are just the worst. And the demons that have to be defeated are actually pretty bad, but the samurai are right up there as well because the characters (laughs) who you are following aren't part of that society. So that's giving them something to fight against. But on the other hand, if you look at Onihei, which is a Edo period cop drama in anime form, it's not quite so terrible because the people we are following are members of society. They are, in fact, law enforcement. They are part of keeping society going. So to a large extent, the samurai in that world aren't quite as awful. Otherwise, why would we want to follow these people? Part of the reason the discussion came up is that a lot of people right now, including us, are playing Ghost of Tsushima, which is a lovely Mm. game in very many aspects. People have noticed that the samurai in that world talk to their peasants, and their peasants talk back and Mm. sometimes sass back, and they have a generally friendly relationship. Yeah. I thought this could never happen. I thought samurai cut down peasants to test their weapons. You can technically play it up that way. You can do that. But that is not a stable society. Things like that don't happen in a large area for an extremely long time because people do have power Mm. and they don't put up with it for long. Things happen, but the majority does have power. So this doesn't mean it can't happen regionally in your games, like in a city or in a town or a village or something like that. You can have a bad guy who's a 
lord who really crushes people. But it's not a very stable long-term structure to have it be awful all the time. People are people. If the people you're talking to every day and you're hanging out with, even if you are their leader in a class above them, you are going to communicate with them like people. Yeah. There is a holdover from some of the very 90s edgy, edgelordy, through games as a whole. But Legend of the Five Rings really had its moments of this is all grim, this is all dark, it's all brutal. Samurai just cut peasants down all over the place, and these people aren't even human, so it's perfectly fine. In fact, it's more like destroying someone's furniture than killing. So you're going to have to apologize to the person who owns that person you just killed because you broke some of their equipment. That was a very strong kind of emphasis. And I think some people still hold to that, but I don't think that is necessary for Rock Again. You don't have to play it that way, and you don't have to have that society being like that. Unless there's a mm. specific thing you want to do where you set the society up as a bad yes. guy, like yeah. Path of Ways. I mm. strongly recommend against that. Part of the reason I recommend against it is because it's getting into Orientalism Yeah. Uh, yeah. when you focus on those features. So when the Far East was met mm. by Westerners for the first time, the communications that were sent back to the West by these explorers and traders and so on were very much intended to be sensationalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, look at these strange people. And so it would f- intentionally focus the lens of the camera, their camera, on the weirdest, most unlike their homes, yeah. parts of the culture that they could identify. And anything that seemed like it might be barbaric, yeah. they would heighten that, Yeah. Uh, even if it was a one-off, even if it was a story retold in counting, even if it was yet another murder yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happens because societies have murders. It, it sensationalizes certain aspects of the culture to make it seem more alien in these reports back. Mm-hmm. Those early reports became our descriptions of the culture that narrative did not get really well overwritten for a long time. There's still aspects of that in people's biases and yeah, in racism yeah. and stuff. So when you play this bad Rokugan, what you're really doing is highlighting all of these bad sensationalist things that came from the explorers and trying to play that aspect up. And it's offensive. These yep. people live and they take care of each other and, and they, they have to have a stable society. And that is one thing you want to think of in terms of your Rokugan. Yes, another thing that you sort out at your table with the people around you. Session zero, all Mm -hmm. that kind of good stuff. Now, when I want to play a more dystopian type Rokugan, instead of thinking of it as, is Rokugan this or that, think of it as a peace-war axis within Rokugan. Okay. So in times of peace, society is working the way it is supposed to work. That means things are stable. Lords are doing the things they're supposed to do and filling the role they're supposed to fill in a mm-hmm. stable society, which means keeping the peasants from bandits and yeah. or helping organize things like taxes and food distribution. And society hasn't broken down. It might not be perfect. Mm. People aren't actively preying on the weakest members of society yeah. Yeah. all the time. 
in every aspect of it. So that's a peacetime Rokugan. If you have a peacetime Rokugan, you're going to have more samurai out in the villages, mm. often living in the villages, because there's no need to cluster them in the cities. You're going to have fewer wars. You're going to have taxes that are bearable and people who are generally well-fed. Mm. If somebody does something oppressive like and test their swords on a Brooklyn. Yeah. Somebody else is going to say, okay, technically that might be legal, but I'm going to duel you for that for your lack of compassion, and you are going to get punished for yeah. doing that yeah. one way or another. Your lord is not going to let that sort of thing go on very long, or they're not going to have Burakuman doing what they need to do. So any extremes are going to be corrected yeah. relatively quickly in a peaceful Rokugan. In a war Rokugan, the equation changes because the samurai are pulled out of the villages to go fight. That means that the villages are going to be open to predation, like bandits, deserters, or anybody who's trying to stake a claim using military force. There's nobody there to fight them. Law enforcement breaks down because the yeah. law enforcement is done by the samurai. What's also happening is that the lords get more and more desperate for resources because these armies need to be fed. And they stop asking questions about where the food is coming from. They have this need, and the amount of oppression on the peasantry will go up as eager to please local daimyo and even kuge daimyos start demanding more than the system can handle. And they're going to uh, stop listening compassionately when a, a village says, look, we had a horrible flood we're going to have trouble raising our crops this year. In a peaceful time, they may say, no, it's not a problem. In fact, we'll help you. In wartime, mm -hmm. they may be, I don't care, pay. We need the taxes. Don't care, pay us the taxes. Because right now they need right. to and get their soldiers in the field. They have these other concerns that involve the war that's going on. It can also happen in the same way on a political warfare front. So mm. even if there is not active battles on the field, if things are fairly stable in the courts in terms of political warfare, then honorable behavior is what's expected in the court, and you wouldn't uh, necessarily be doing all those shinobi things or trying yeah. to overdo it in impressing the key players or anything like that. You wouldn't do dishonorable stuff. It'll make you look bad, uh, and you don't want to look dishonorable in the court. It has this self-correcting mechanism of this shows a lack of compassion – that shows you're dishonorable, you're not wanted in the court. Go mm -hmm. But if it's all-out political warfare to survive, yeah. then any incremental advantage becomes really uh, important. Even if they are dishonorable, I will you know, consider them because I need to survive, I need to advance. So that might be like the steel chrysanthemum or gozoku reigns in Rokugan history. If I piss off... The steel chrysanthemum, he is going to kill me and potentially my whole family. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do anything to please the steel chrysanthemum, even if it means yeah. doing something that is dishonorable. So peace war access rather than is Rokugan one or the other. Just mm -hmm. figure out where you can fit on that access and yeah. think about what's driving it in a human way rather than, ooh, this is a weird alien culture that... You know, doesn't respect human life. That's yeah. not 
the deal. Yeah, that is absolutely key. They are people. They're not robots. They're not weird monsters. They're not aliens. They're people. I think that's key, as long as you keep that in mind. Every religion and every social group has these bonds that tie humanity together. Yeah. And make us, in the end, to some degree, want to take care of each other. One would hope. It's just that other circumstances end up washing out that signal. Yeah. But that's what you have to think about. That's it for our discussion. This is a thing that you are going to want to check out in your games when you play something or in the fiction or anything like that. Where are you going to set that dial and why? So, mm-hmm. we are going to give a call out to our sister podcast, the Elf of our LCG podcast, who are doing all sorts of really cool things to do with the card game. We also have two actual play role-playing podcasts, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife. Do check those out. We'll have links to all of those in our show notes. And our podcasts are funded by the Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs for all of this good stuff, as well as our website, where you can see and store some of the longer-term information with summaries of our podcast. We have special bonus content, adventure seeds. You get early access to the podcasts, specifically the Let's Play podcasts. And we're going to hopefully add more things as we get those organized. So look forward to all of that, and do come visit our Patreon. But that is it for us for this week. Mm-hmm. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I'm Korva, and until we meet again, keep your jade handy. <laughs>